which made sense. Oh, hi, hello, and welcome to the gym. This bi-weekly podcast is about the many and varied schemes of the many and varied US law enforcement and intelligence agencies, organizations, and committees, and how they are stupid and funny. Join us on our merry journey through space and time. I'm Barry. You might recognize me as that weird industrial buzzing sound in the background of all David Lynch movies. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Hi, I'm Seamus. Uh, you may know me from the film Ishtar 2. <laughs> the sequel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are talking about uh, Leonard Peltier, if that's yes, how you pronounce are. his name. Is that correct? I think that's what we're going to go with anyway. So apologies ahead of time. Yeah, apologies ahead of time for anybody that uh, I mispronounce because there's a lot of names here. Um, I have to say, as well as the Fred so. Hampton thing, um, I have been looking forward to this episode myself. I don't know if any of our listeners or viewers uh, feel the same, but we will find out. Cool. Alrighty, folks. Uh, so our story begins September 12th, 1944. Leonard Peltier is born in Grand uh, Forks, North Dakota. He grew up on Turtle Mountain Indian Reservation in Belcourt, North Dakota, uh, which is home to the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians. Peltier was one of 13 children. Peltier had a different. Yep. Uh, he, yeah, he had a, yeah, that's a lot of kids. It's a lot mm. of fucking going on. Uh, Peltier had a difficult well, I think, uh, childhood. Uh, in, in lower income groups, generally tend to have more children. Well, that's what they say. But, they do. I mean, I think, it, also though, you know, it wasn't until recently that you had, uh, you know, smaller families, right? I mean, mm. my, you know, my women had the option. You mean? Well, yeah, true. Yeah, because yeah, you know, my my, my father uh, was the first uh, of you know our family to have a small. You know what I mean? Come out of a small group. Because okay. his his dad came out of what uh, fourteen or fifteen kids, and then his dad's yeah, dad was out of others. Uh, well, just Irish. <laughs> so. Yes, then. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Anywho, uh, Pilty had a difficult childhood. Uh, his parents separated when he was young, and he was sent to live with his grandparents on the reservation. Uh, he was exposed to poverty, discrimination. He struggled with dyslexia. Uh, which made it difficult for him to read and write. At mm. the age of nine, uh, Leonard was enrolled in the uh, Wapleton Indian School in Wapleton, North Dakota. Get apologies, I'm probably butchering it. Uh, an Indian boarding school run by the Bureau of Indian Affairs. The Bureau um, of Indian Affairs is what? Uh, BIA, basically kind of like the FBI's own kind of a version. Or, is it uh, a federal like, organization federal, attached yeah. to the U.S. government? Yep. Okay. That uh, deals with, uh, you know, reservations. Indeed. Yep. So they uh, have to wait to which is the does the BIA then have jurisdiction over reservations when but laws? Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, despite these challenges, uh, Peltier developed a love for uh, art and became an accomplished painter. Uh, this is him in that school. Oh, look at him! Yeah, John Cena. <laughs> right. Right. Doesn't he look a bit like that? Yep. Yes, that question will be answered uh, this Sunday at the WWE <laughs> Super Slam. Mm. Yeah, he unfortunately, though, I mean, he was at one of these schools that uh, did a lot of uh, whitewashing, right? So they tried to to conform. Uh, oh, they tried those. to make them less Indian-y and more yep. white person-y. Oh, yep. okay. So you can kind of uh, see that from that picture. Because you mean he doesn't bit. have the long hair? You mean? Yeah, he's got the kind of fifties. He does. He has that white guy look. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he did well. He obtained a GED, and in 65, he relocated to Seattle, Washington. 
Uh, Piotr worked as a welder and a construction worker and as a co-worker in the auto shop or co-owner, I'm sorry, in Seattle uh, in his 20s. The co-owner used the upper level of the building as a halfway house for American Indians who suffered from alcohol addiction. Ah. Uh, uh, also, people kind of served as a halfway house. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, because of financial issues, they had to close it. Uh, Leonard soon became involved in political activism and joined the American Indian Movement, uh, also known as the AIM. Uh, the, the AIM has evolved a Native American civil rights organization uh, that was founded in Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1968. The AIM was created to address social, economic, and political injustices that the Native American uh, people uh, faced in the United States. AIM's mission is to promote the sovereignty and self-discrimination, or sorry, self-determination. Self-discrimination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Self-determination of Native Americans, yeah, uh, communities uh, to preserve and protect their culture, heritage. The organization has been involved in a wide range of activities, including active, uh, act, well, activacy for land rights, treaty rights, and environmental protection, as well as political activism and community organization. Uh, AMI, or sorry, AIM, I'm going to get that backwards because they're not a record company. Uh uh, gained national attention in the early 70s when it led several high-profile protests and occupations, including occupation of the uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs headquarters in Washington, D.C. Ah. in 1972, in which Leonard took a part of. Uh, there was also the 71-day uh, occupation. Uh, sorry. There's their logo, by the way. Uh, the 71-day occupation of Wounded Knee, which uh, we'll touch briefly on here, possibly in a future episode uh, of its own. These events brought attention to the uh, mistreatment of Native Americans by the U.S. government and helped raise awareness of the National American, or the, sorry, the Native American uh, issues. Are we, uh, do you think we, we would get an episode of the Wounded Knee, couldn't we? Is that oh, yeah, there's a lot, there's okay. a lot there, possibly, possibly. Cool, cool. Uh, definitely some FBI shenanigans, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, Peltier's involvement uh, with this organization led to him becoming a leader, um, Peltier's early life experiences shaped his political beliefs and activism. He became a prominent figure in Native American rights movements. Uh, in the early 70s, uh, Leonard became aware of the factual tensions at the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, which is mm. in South Dakota. Entering Pine Ridge Indian yeah. Reservation. Yep. Uh, so, yep, this is in South Dakota. There was issues between... Uh, Supporters of Richard Wilson, an elected tribal chairman, 1972, uh, also known as Dick. That's him there in the middle. There he is. Yeah, definitely has that kind of 50s vibe about him. It does. So, he has that 50s like cop vibe. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, so, there's issues between uh, him and the traditional members of the Lakota tribe. Uh, Dick Wilson was considered an autocratic tribal president, uh, led a victim, uh, sorry, a vicious crackdown on reservation dissents, uh, who sought to overturn a corrupt tribal council system that catered to outside economic interests. Uh, this Borg type uh, assimilation uh, policies of the BIA, uh, AIM allied itself with the traditionalists uh, who, who defended the Lakota spirituality, sovereignty, and treaty rights. Do we have to explain the Borg reference, or are we good? 
I, I think most people have seen Star Trek, right? Okay. Or at least kind of know, right? I mean, sure. What, what was uh, what was uh, Picard's Borg name? Locutus. That's Locutus of Borg. Is that is that uh, Dick Wilson is playing the part of Locutus in this? Movie? That's that's it. Yeah, it's hmm. a good trivia question. Uh, the Wounded Knee occupation of 73 marked the beginning of a three-year period of political violence on Pine Ridge uh, Indian Reservation. Wilson, the uh, chairman, hired uh, guns, vigilantes, which were self-titled uh, as goons. That's always a good sign. That's When you're calling themselves goons, that's not a good sign, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Rid the Reservation of AIM activists in settlement, uh, more than 60 traditional tribal members and AI members were murdered during this well, time. Wait, wait, wait. Murdered by these goon squad? Yep. By yep. this guy Wilson's men? Yep. 60. That's, that's the claim. Okay. Scores more were assaulted. Uh, evidence indicated that the goons' responsibility in the majority of these crimes, despite a large FBI presence. Hmm. Uh, nothing was done to stop the violence. Okay. Uh, it was also later determined that the FBI, in fact, Supplied the goons with intelligence on AM, or sorry, AIM. I'm going to get this backwards all the time. Yeah. Members and looked away as goons committed crimes. Okay, this is starting to sound a little bit like the Fred Hampton episode we did. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one former goon member reported that the FBI actually supplied him with armor piercing ammunition. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Leonard, uh, by now, was an AIM uh, member and was asked by traditional uh, people at Pine Ridge to support and protect the traditional people being targeted for violence. Leonard and a small uh, group of young I, God damn it, AIM yeah, members yeah. Uh, set up camp uh, on the ranch owned by a traditional Jumping Bull family. Uh, on June 26, uh, 1975, two FBI agents in an unmarked car followed a pickup truck onto Jumping Bull Ranch. The family immediately became alarmed and fear, feared an attack. Uh, shots were heard and a shootout erupted. Uh, before it was over, more than 150 agents, goons, and other law enforcement surrounded the, the ranch. Hmm. When the shootout was over, two FBI agents and one Native American lay dead. It will be determined later that the agents were injured in the shootout, but then were shot at close range. The Native American, Joseph Stunts, uh, was shot uh, in the head by a sniper bullet. His death uh, has never been investigated, nor has anyone ever been charged in connection with the crime. Hmm. Yeah. According to FBI documents, more than 40 Native Americans participated in the gun uh, fight, but only AIM members Bob Rideau, Daryl Butler and Leonard Peltier were ever brought to trial. No, that again reminds me of something you told us about Fred Hampton. Because there was a big gunfight when the FBI and yeah. the cops broke in and shot, and the only people who were, went on trial were Black Panthers. Right. It's insane. <clears throat> Same thing yep. is happening now to these Indian lads. I believe that's called yeah. selective law enforcement. Selective uh, <laughs> law yeah. enforcement. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Leonard's cohorts... Uh, Rubino and uh, Butler were arrested and went on trial. A federal grand jury in Iowa acquitted them. No, on and grounds. again, again, the, the parallel with the um, Black Panther story you told us, the federal grand juries mm -hmm. seem to have a lot more sense than whoever's in charge of the courts where they are. Yep, usually anyways, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
So they acquitted him on the grounds of self-defense, finding that their participation in the shootout was justified given the climate of fear that existed on Pine Ridge Reservation. Further, they could not uh, be tied to the close-range uh, shootings or of the two of the two FBI guys. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so late 1975, uh, uh, as he what? Boy, I messed this up. Uh, anyways. Yeah, Peltier, yeah, but the, the sentence before that doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, Peltier and others moved uh, throughout the West. I should point uh, out to the people who are watching or listening that we do <laughs> write these scripts in advance, and we get the other person to check them. So Seamus wrote this. Sorry if I'm breaking the, the magic of no. the podcast here. Seamus wrote this, and I checked it, and I missed this. So whatever, okay. whatever happened here is my fault, all right? It's okay. <laughs> so anyways, Peltier met up with uh, some other activists, right? Uh, Dennis... Uh, Banks, uh, Anna Marie Aquash, Aquash? I, I knew I was going to butcher her name, hmm. uh, and Darlene Nichols. Uh, he traveled with them for several months in an RV lent to them by Marlon Brando, of all people. <laughs> yep. Uh, Brando had become a big supporter of Native American activists. Uh, he hmm. provided Banks with $10,000 for the cause. You remember the Oscar the... ceremony where he sent up the. Yep. Yeah, and he, uh, people booed her. Oh, yeah. John Wayne was trying. John Wayne had to be held back. He wanted to murder her. That's ridiculous. All yeah. she did was she this little girl and she went up and she said, hi, Marlon Brando can't accept the award because he's very concerned about how not just the movie industry is treating Native Americans, but pretty much everybody. She was very quiet and calm and yep. sensible and accurate and people were booing her. Yeah. So the, I, I don't know why people had such a opposite of hard on for Native Americans in the 1970s. I think we now have a much more productive attitude for, for them. Yeah, and, yeah, and Wounded Knee was happening. There was shit yes. going on. Yeah. You it know, so it's all like... Hot. Right, they so should, it was a, just like some started. random person yeah. that came up and said, oh, there's yeah. a problem. You know what I mean? There is shit that people knew you about. You want artists still being to protect these people. That's the function of art. One of the functions of art is to, to protect marginalized populations, yeah. you know? Just or at man. least give them expression. Yeah. I, uh, God damn it, I can't remember her name. She just passed away recently. Little too. Feather, is it? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, she just passed away recently, but uh, and whenever the Oscar slap happened, that story resurfaced. Yeah. Um, and if you read it, I mean, there's so many fucking racist shit. She had balls said. of steel, that girl. Yes, she, she did. Up balls yes, of she... steel going up against the most powerful people in that town. Yep. Who yep. she knew would not like what she had to say. Balls of steel. Yep. She's gorgeous yeah. and well spoken. Yes. Yep. It's a goddamn shame. Anyways, uh, so yeah, Brando was also a beast for doing this. Uh, yes. November 14th, uh, 1975, while traveling through Oregon, State Trooper pulled over the RV. Trooper ordered everybody out. Uh, during this, uh, Peltier and Banks escaped. The, R or the RV, unfortunately, I guess, was full of guns and explosives, which led to the arrest of Kenny Laud, Hawk, Russ Redner, who would by now join them, uh, Anna, Anna May, Aquish, and Darlene Nichols. Well, so now, all those folks went to jail. In fairness, if that RV was full of guns and explosives, that's something we have to say as a thing. We can't just mm -hmm. skate over that, can we? No matter how much yeah. we might like Leonard Peltier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after having spent 10 days in jail, uh, a couple days later, Aquish went to stay. This is anime, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. She went to go stay with, uh, stay at the home of Troy Lynn Yellow, uh, Wood Williams in Denver. Uh, after having been seen in Denver, Rapid City, South Dakota, for the last time on December 11th, she disappeared mm. in, the, in the middle of December 75. February 24th, her body was found on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota. Mm. She'd been murdered execution style 
uh, with a gunshot wound to the head. Initially, her death was covered up and her body declared uh, to be unidentifiable. Ash Agwash's uh, corpse was photographed by FBI Special Agent Price. Uh, since then, it has been discovered that the FBI and CIA, brace yourself, dis disseminated rumors that she had been an informant. Also worth noting that in 75, uh, AIM member Douglas Durham had been uh, revealed to be an undercover FBI agent and dismissed from the organization. AIM members were fearful of infiltration. Oh, shit, they were. Yeah. During the trial of John Graham, who had been convicted or had been, you know, charged with uh, killing her, uh, Candy Hamilton testified that Agwash told her that uh, Agent Price had threatened her, saying he would see her dead if she didn't cooperate in the investigation of the Pine Ridge shooting of the two FBI agents. There's a ton of theories out there uh, as to the true motive of her murder, uh, but it's another foothold, uh, footnote in the tale of unethical behavior committed by the FBI. And I'm sure we'll have much more to talk about that. At whatever yeah, that but it's uh, time for an ad. Oh, God damn it. Okay. What, we what, got our, what, we got what, our what, $10 now, in the bank for this. <laughs> okay. You ready? Oh, just give it to me. Yeah, I have to put my ad voice on. All right, okay. take away all from right. the dead lack of intonation, normal voice, and go straight into. Do you want to support Native Americans, but you don't actually know any, and you're too scared to go to the casino on your own? Why not buy our speciality war bonnet? This feather headdress is manufactured by the finest Chinese children, using only the best polyvinyl materials in true Native American style, and is suitable for young white women from 18 to 21. It can withstand temperatures of up to 50 degrees centigrade, so it's perfect for Coachella. Order your war bonnet today and support Native Americans. All profits go to the Bureau of Indian Affairs. <laughs> oh, God damn it. $10 is $10, man. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot to put Ana's uh, picture up here. Uh, not a great photo, unfortunately, but that's her. All right. Uh, all right. So, Yep. Okay. Uh, so, which she was also a badass too, by the way. She was well. Just, uh, she was driving yeah. around in an RV full of explosives and guns. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> yeah. So anywho, uh, Leonard Peltier was arrested in Canada, February 6, nineteen seventy six, along with Frank. Is that his arrest. Yeah. Well, it's a picture of him uh, <laughs> being being arrested. <coughs> Sorry. That's all right. Uh, along with uh, Frank Black uh, Blackhorse, aka Frank DeLuca. As part of the extradition case, the United States presented uh, the Canadian court with affidavits signed by Myrtle Poorbear, who claimed uh, she was Peltier's girlfriend. She also claimed that uh, she had seen Leonard shoot the agents. In fact, Miss Poorbear had never met Leonard uh, and one was not present during the shootout. Soon after, uh, Poorbear recanted her statements and said that the FBI threatened her and coerced her into signing the affidavits. So, so far, all of their witnesses was, <clears throat> were coerced or threatened. Yep. Good. Yep. Good times. Uh, <laughs> despite this, Leonard was extradited to the U.S., uh, where he was tried in 1977. The trial was held in North Dakota before uh, U.S. District uh, Judge Paul Benson. Benson was a conservative judge appointed to the federal bench. By Richard M. Nixon. Key witnesses like Myrtle Poorbear were not allowed to testify for Leonard at that point because she was going to testify on his side. Uh, unlike the uh, Ribido uh, uh, Butler case in Iowa, evidence regarding the violence in Pine Ridge was strictly restricted. 
That's weird. Uh, three, issue, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, three teenage uh, Native American witnesses testified against Leonard uh, being involved in, uh, in the shooting. Later, all three admitted that the FBI, wait for it, uh, forced them to testify. No shit. Uh, yet, despite the FBI's coercion tactics, not a single witness identified uh, Leonard as the shooter. So, uh, the uh, the FBI confirmed, uh, or sorry, yeah, the FBI confirmed this claim <laughs> the day after the shooting that the two FBI uh, agents, William and Kohler, had entered Pine Ridge Reservation in pursuit of a suspected thief in a red pickup truck. Evidence was given that Peltier was the driver of a Chevy Suburban, a large sport utility vehicle uh, built uh, on a pickup truck chassis uh, with an enclosed rear section. It, you know what like those suburban looks like? What's that? You're trying to sound like you're trying to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen a What's suburban? No, I've no. Do you have a yeah, it, I should have run up a photo. Sorry, sorry. Uh, tell me, let me. Okay. Chevy Suburban, right? So that's a Chevy Suburban, and from that oh time. man, that's got reservation written all over it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Peltier's vehicle was orange with a white roof, not red. Oh, okay. Uh, it was an open bed pickup. Okay, so close up. Yeah, so you would uh, have this cab back in here, right? Sure. So yeah. you think you can tell the difference? Yeah. Mm. And again, it was red. Uh, or it was orange, not red, mm. uh, with no white paint. So I guess you could kind of see maybe orange and red in a funny light or whatever, but you can't read. There's no amount of light yeah. that can change the back of a pickup into the not the back of a pickup. Right. Is that Leonard? Yep. Wow, he looks like he should be in a band. Yeah, right. Oh, that's the jail, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of kind of throws a little bit another monkey wrench into their story, right? Every bit of evidence they have is horse shit. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. It's, it's going to get worse. Uh, <laughs> at Peltier's trial, the FBI changed their previous statement that they had oh. been in search for a red pickup truck and instead said that they were looking for an orange and white van similar to the one Peltier drove. That has to be, that has to be at the very least, <laughs> suboptimal practice. If your law enforcement agencies are changing their stories based on the information coming yeah. in the middle of a trial. Oh, what's he driving? Oh, yeah, that's what we were looking for. We were looking for yeah, yeah green Ford, yeah. Ford Corolla. Yeah, that's the one yeah. we were looking for. Uh, during the trial, all the bullets and bullet fragments were uh, found at the scene were provided as evidence and detailed by the FBI uh, firearms expert, Cortland Cunningham. Cortland Cunningham. Cunningham that's, is that's an Irish great. name, I think. Yeah, it is. Cortland that's a great is a hell of a name, Cortland. isn't it? Cortland. his mother when he was small. Yeah. Cortland, come in for your dinner, Cortland. Oh, his peeps just call him CC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was CC Ryder. Uh, year, years later, a, re, uh, a request under the Freedom of Information Act provided another examination of the FBI's ballistics report used to convict Peltier. An impartial expert evaluated the firings linked to the gun that, the sh that shot the agents, included that the cartridges found from the scene of the crime did not come from the rifle tied to Peltier. Hmm. Despite so where, the impact. Where did they come from? Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't come from his gun. Uh, despite the impact that uh, this would have on the findings of the case, the court did not allow the defense to present Fargo jury with information uh, about other cases in which the FBI had been rebuked, rebuked rather, for tampering evidence and witnesses. Mm. You know, I can't tell you about the FBI being the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> so, what the hell? 
A U.S. attorney uh, prosecuting the case claimed that the government had provided the defense with all the FBI's documents case. Later, it was learned that more than 140,000 pages of documents were actually in held. 140,000. Yep. Does not sound like discovery to me. That sounds like a discovery breach. The kind of thing that would cause an immediate retrial in any sensible judge. Yeah, why would you not immediately have that, you know, overturned? Do it properly. Discover your case properly. Do the discovery, man. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, following the discovery of the new evidence obtained through the uh, Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, Leonard sought for a new trial. The Eighth Circuit Court ruled there is a possibility that the jury would have acquitted Leonard Peltier had the records and data improperly withheld from the defense had been available to him. In order to better exploit and reinforce the inconsistencies, casting strong doubts upon the government's case. So yet, I'm sure they gave him, him a retrial then. Nope. The court denied his, uh, his request for a new trial. All right. Yep. Uh, during oral you know, arguments. When you sent me this script yesterday, first, <laughs> I was reading this. I was struck by the, the how similar it was to the Fred Hampton case, and also, and yeah. also about how kind of obvious the squirrely bullshit the FBI was up to and how did they think like I mean obviously they did get away with it because the guy went to jail and he's yeah. in jail now but like why is this allowed to happen that fucking ridiculous is what it is yeah uh during or well, well we could say more about why at some point maybe mm. I don't know uh during our arguments the government attorney conceded that the government did not know who shot the agents quote we provided that he went down to the bodies and executed those two young men at point blank range. Uh, he, uh, at the appellate hearing, the government attorney conceded, uh, we had a murder, we had numerous shooters, we did not know who specifically fired what killing shots. We do not know, quote unquote, who shot the agents. Hmm. Uh, Judge Henney, uh, who authorized the decision to deny a new trial, has since voiced support for Peltier's release saying that the FBI used improper tactics to convict, Peltier, or to convict Peltier. The FBI was equally responsible for the shootout and that Peltier's release would promote healing with Native Americans. Uh, in 1979, uh, he escaped from prison, uh, but was captured without incident three days later. Uh, Peltier, uh, a fun fact, which I had forgotten you reminded me, 2004, he ran for president. And also the vice United States of America. Yep. Also vice president in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, Leonard Peltier is currently incarcerated at the United States Penitentiary of Coleman in Florida. He is 78 years old. He's in bad health, and there's a lot of petitions out there trying to get him clemency and to get him free. Leonard Peltier. Yep. Free Leonard Peltier. Well, what, what do you what do you think there, uh, Barry? Because there's a a lot to unpack there. I think if Fred Hampton wasn't shot dead, I would also be saying free Fred Hampton. Okay. Free Leonard Peltier immediately. But you can never put evidence gun. against him sticks. True. But you can never put a gun in, in, in Fred Hampton's hand. Just to, just. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, this the guy, this guy, we know he he actually has admitted that he did play a role in, in the shootout. Yes. And he did but fire the judge rounds. in the case. The judge who refused to get to grant a retrial now says that the government's case is looking shaky. Yep. And I mean, if that judge says it, then maybe give him a retrial at the very least. Uh, what's but your yeah, thoughts? Brian. So, okay, two questions before I get get to the other question. Hmm. Uh, 
somebody who follows this case who I got an argument with recently says that the all the evidence you need to know about him being guilty is that he tried to eat that he is that he escaped. That proves right. him to be a dishonest person. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. If you're in jail, you're going to look to escape, especially if you're fucking if you're fucking going to jail for Jesus. something you didn't do. You're innocent. I've never seen Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. <laughs> exactly. Redemption. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the hell? If you're in jail, you're th- John Luke Picard said the first responsibility of any prisoner is to escape. Exactly. So we trust John Luke. Yeah. So that th- just doesn't prove anything. Uh, no, not at all. No. Yeah. There's now, a- 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 as as regards to her case, uh, her body so, the reservation. So the claim there's there's a lot that they throw out there about this, and I'm not, you know, please. Uh, regards to her family, which is trying to get closure on this. I'm not trying to poo-poo on any of this. Um, but the claim is that partial part of the reason that she was murdered was that apparently someone in the party that they're traveling with claims that Peltier admitted to murdering the, the two agents. And that she was killed because they thought she was an informer, so they couldn't have her testify against them or whatever. I mean, I guess it's possible. But yeah, there was but no that, evidence to tie Peltier to that. She, the, exactly. the, the, the essential thing about the two FBI agents you told me just now is that they were shot yeah. at point blank range. Mm-hmm. Right? And there was no way he was anywhere close that close to them. Also, uh, the gun that they th- that he had did not match any of the fragments that they found. Right. So, like, if he did do it, he somehow managed to sneakily do it using a different gun or by collecting all the bullet fragments or by being in a completely different place. Somehow, like like a teleportation guy. Yeah. Right. So that seems like a funny story to me. Yeah, it just it d- doesn't really pan out because... You but know, then, the it, fact of the matter is that this lady was murdered. Oh, absolutely. And it was and probably... she be murdered? Because that at least is a reason that is, like, why somebody might murder somebody. Well, we... Even that claim is still tied to the fact that they thought she was an FBI informant. Well, yes. why do they think she was an FBI informant? Because the FBI and CIA just spread that bullshit out there. Yes. So kind of the blood's kind of on their hands too. They're the source of that bullshit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But if it was just because Leonard said that, then why is everybody else that was on that RV? Why? Why are they still standing? Why did none of them get murdered? Fair. You know Fair what point. I mean? Uh, there was also a claim that uh, she might rat them out for. Uh, because the explosives were going to be used in a terrorist act and the mm. fingerprints were on it. Well, so is everybody else's, apparently. So, yeah. It's it just, I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No. So, I don't know. But she was murdered by somebody for some reason. Yeah, and it's a fucking shame either way. Yes. So, yeah, I, I at the end of the day, uh, even if, let's say Leonard did all these things, said he was, you know, the bad guy that they tried to portray. You're still like in a Steve Stephen Avery situation, right? Yeah, making a murder. You know, he did not get his day in court. He still deserves justice because that's what I mean. If we at the end of the day, yeah, police, police know. and law enforcement are going to need something else other than I know this is the guy who did it. That's not right. that has no legal force whatsoever. Exactly, for very solid I, reasons about the kind of jurisprudence we have in democratic societies. Yep. Hmm. All right. Uh, that's, oh, that's, that's all I got for uh, Leonard Peltier. So. Sure. So uh, why why now is the next part of our show.
What's new? What's new? What's new? I can do this. Don't worry. I'll be fine. I'll be all right. This is the part of the show when just before taping the show, uh, we put either the word CIA or FBI into Google, and then we hit the news tab and find some stories that are just stupid, ridiculous, or entertaining. Um, I've done the CIA, and Seamus has done the FBI. So what are we going to do first? Your call, Ben. Okay, I'll do CIA first. Yep. Um, first headline is, uh, and these are, these are almost the first three links. I didn't have to look far. CIA director meets with Morocco police chief to strengthen security cooperation. So the CIA director is in Morocco, presumably making some arrangements about, uh, maybe he's talking about Western Sahara, the Sahel, French troops are, inact are active in that part of Africa right now. It's very colonial. It's very weird. We should be worried. Mm. Next one is CIA director, same guy, makes unannounced visit to Saudi Arabia. Jesus Christ. It's like he's a tour. A tour of not what well, he's already been to the Maghreb and now he's going to the other what's the other place called the Mashrik or something. Mashrik, you know what's the, the Maghreb and the other the, this part of the Arab world. Anyway, he's in Saudi Arabia as well, apparently doing secret shady shit. And if you want to look that up, please do. And the last uh, link I have about the CIA is the headline is lie detector firm lobbies CIA DOD on automated eye scanning tech. <laughs> Here is here's wow. the paragraph. A Utah-based outfit overseen by a former CIA consultant has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars lobbying intelligence and defense agencies, including the CIA and DHS, to adopt its automated lie detection technology. Publicly lo public lobbying disclosures reviewed by The Intercept show. The Intercept is the name of the thing I got, the site I got. Right, right, right. Converse Inc. boasts on its website that its technology has already been used for job screenings at American law enforcement agencies, corporate compliance, and loss prevention in Latin America. Now, the thing about this is there is no way to detect if somebody is lying. Right. You can guess, I guess, but really the, the real danger is in believing that you can tell. So if you give somebody a polygraph test and you tell somebody, oh, this is definitely a lie because they didn't pass the polygraph test, the dangerous person is the person who believes that. There is no way to tell if somebody is lying other than external verification of the fact that what they're saying is incorrect. There's no from their eye movements, from the way they move, from the way they think, from the way their hands move, nothing. No, the only thing you can detect is stress, signs of stress. Yes, you can tell if changes in behavior, but that does not automatically, you know. Yeah, you hook me up to a you hook me up to a polygraph, and I'm going to be stressed regardless. Right, but you have to find a baseline too. Whenever you do a polygraph, sure, yeah, maybe I won't be stressed for the baseline, but as soon as the baseline is off, I'll be stressed by anything you ask me. Or you can sure. ask me about things that I'm sensitive about, and I will tell you the truth. And because I'm sensitive about them, it can come up as stress. But there's no way to tell I'm lying. People get sensitive about all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. Like if you show me a big photo of a horrible spider, that's going to spike my <laughs> my adrenaline response. But it doesn't mean I'm going to lie about something just because right. I've seen a photo of a spider, right? It tells you nothing. You can't tell by eye movements. You can't tell by facial expressions. You can't tell by the tone of voice. You can't tell by the vocabulary used if somebody's lying. You can tell, I guess, in aggregate. You could say maybe of a thousand people, if eight hundred people use the word "really" a lot, it might mean they're being deceptive. But it tells you nothing at all about any individual. And in a court case, they deal with individual people, and you need to know if those people are lying. And the only evidence you can use is evidence from an external source that shows that what they're saying isn't true. That's why these these guys are con artists, lie detector firm. Yeah, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars lobbying people. Bullshit. Yeah. You were a cop. You know this, right? Am I yeah. 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 Don't hold you know? that against. Don't hold that against me out there, by the way. No. Uh, I, I, I've, I've had the. Uh, you got better. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to hear about the FBI things you found. 
Well, just one more thing on the polygraph thing. It's, oh, sorry. It's not the only thing I want to just a little pushback, but nothing major. Go on. Again, it's it depends a lot upon, upon the administrator of the test, the actual operator sure. of, of the polygraph. Okay, if if you have somebody that's in there just looking for it and not being objective, you're going to get subjective material, okay. right? Uh, but if if somebody is just going to ask the questions and if they detect some sort of stress and they document it, then at least that gives, you know, the because I I've not I've used it, okay? Sure. And and I was lucky that the person doing the test actually was really good and it was also a detective. So I would know, okay, these are the things that, you know, show a little bit of stress. I could use that to follow up on whatever I talked to them. And I did that. And sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't. But, you know, it's not something that's going to be, you know, bang on. There's evidence in any court. It is. But, for solid reasons. But fucking defense attorneys pine for this shit too, dude. They'll ask oh, for yes. It's what's it's fucking they, nice. they are also deluded. Mm-hmm. I don't think defense attorneys are outside the realm of being deluded. No, it's just a sign of stress. Uh, so I'm not going to read all of this one, um, but the headline itself is interesting. Uh, inside the cattiest fight in D.C. Uh, this is a Slate uh, article. Slate. Uh, Virginia and Maryland, once friendly rivals, have been locked in a quiet battle over the FBI, and it gets a lot louder. So they're they're trying to move uh, the headquarters. It's Langley, is it? Uh, yeah, I guess, but I, I don't know if they're. This is a secondary headquarters as opposed to uh, a Quantico. That's what it is, uh, as opposed to you know well, the, the actual training. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so they're trying to move it, and there's a big fight over they're it. They're trying to move to Maryland. Stuff. Yeah, there's well, a the big NSA fight is already based in Maryland. Yeah, so there's a yeah. big fight over all of it. It's again, I just just read the article. It's, it's sure, yeah, it's pretty funny. Is it funny? It's, it's so, so it is really funny. Cool, thank you. Um, uh, the FBI apologized after U.S. Special Forces detained wrong guest in a mock hotel raid. Uh, U.S. Forces burst into the wrong hotel in the middle of the night, detained a sleepy guest during training exercises, leading to an embarrassing apology from the military. The unfortunate guest, a Delta Airlines pilot in the 30s, was handcuffed, questioned in the shower of a Boston hotel room for nearly an hour. The training exercise was meant to enhance soldiers' skills to operate in realistic, unfamiliar environment, uh, the U.S. Army Specialist Operations Commander said. The team entered the wrong room and detained the individual unaffiliated with the exercise. That's a nice uh, way of saying it, an individual unaffiliated <laughs> with the exercise. Some <laughs> Our deep, deepest apologies to the individual who was affected. Sorry about that. Oopsie yes. poopsies. Apparently uh, the FBI is training uh, soldiers to work in inhospitable environments, and hmm. the inhospitable environment was simulated with Boston. So I don't know what that's... What does that say? What do you think about Boston? That's, that's a little concerning. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't want to go Alex Jones... It's not good. No. <laughs> it's just not good. It's not something you want to... Upon arrival, officers were met by law enforcement agents. Uh, we were reviewing the serious incident of our partner, and no further details be released at this time. <laughs> what the fuck? Mm. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what's new with the world of uh, okay. U.S. espionage and... Uh, that, is, that is CIA and FBI, and uh, I guess that's our show for this week. Yep. Uh, uh, like you, everybody. Yeah, like, subscribe, uh, Patreon, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, if you give us money, then we won't have to have uh, ten minute or, or ten dollar 
We will say anything. You want to give us ten dollars? Yeah. Give us a script. We will do it. Yeah, or, or just give or just give me whiskey. Yeah, that's okay because that's all the money goes to, anyways. So, hmm. right, right, Barry. That's yes, it all goes to. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do it. All right, see you, everybody. Bye.